Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Total Skills. I'm Sam. I'm joined by Jake. Say hello, Jake. Hi, guys. Welcome back. I'm also joined by Jed. Say hello, Jed. Hi guys, welcome back. And we're back with a Premier League review, which just feels a bit odd because we did the preview. We did a preview yesterday. Or we did a review yesterday. I, I, I have no idea what's going on, boys, because it's still Christmas in my mind. I don't even really know what day of the week it is. I just know there's football on every day, and it's really complicated for me as a person to manage. <laughs> <laughs> right, but we'll go straight into it. So Leicester, Man United, this is one I watched. Uh, what did you think of it, Jed? Good game. Entertaining game. Um, I think both sides sensed the opportunity to, to win it. Unfortunately, obviously, neither of them did finish two all, but um, I thought the goals were all taken really well and um, definitely an, an interesting watch, I think. I thought it showed quite a lot of character about Leicester. You know, they came, twice came from behind to get a point. So that's that's really good for Leicester to, to be able to do that, especially against Manchester United. Um, but I'll echo what Jed said. I thought it was a thoroughly entertaining match. Yeah, I don't think it was. It was one, definitely one of the matches of the day for me. Um, Besides, obviously, Arsenal-Chelsea, which we will come on to. But one that I wanted to point out is, uh, I always ca- I don't know if you do this, but I've got Jamie Vardy in my fantasy team. I always captain him if he's playing the big six because he just scores it. <laughs> playing yeah, anybody in the big it's six. It's a smart move. Uh, it's a smart move. Yeah, um, and he did, he did manage it. He didn't actually get credited with a goal, but that's turned out to be an OG, so I never got the points for it, which is <laughs> just infuriating. I'm, I'm happy that um, I've got Fernandes in my team and he got an assist as well as a goal, yeah. which was probably the worst assist of the season like he barely <laughs> yeah. barely touched the ball yeah. but managed to, to get points it's in really that, nothing on the board that, so. he's just trying to get a tote and to put it somewhere in the general yeah. and then obviously um, if he I think if he didn't touch the ball, it still ends up with, uh, was it Rashford it went through? Yeah, yeah, yeah Rash- Rashford still ends up in the net. Yeah, Dan James but, will probably um, feel a bit hard done by there. <laughs> Not getting that. <laughs> so. um, yeah. But yeah. I think um, one thing I noticed about United as well is that they created a lot of chances and they didn't necessarily take them. I think there was quite a few missed opportunities. Rashford, uh, Martial had one ruled out for offside as well by a fine margin. Um, so I think if either side was probably of edged it in terms of who deserved to win I would I would go with United but um, Leicester played well like Jake said they fought well to come back twice um, a point a piece is, is a fair result there I think Do you know I think Harvey Barnes and Dan James are actually sim- really similar kind of players and Harvey Barnes is just more a refined version of Dan James maybe he doesn't have quite the pace of Dan James but I think they're similar in a sort of build um, and, the, and the way obviously they play on opposite sides of the pitch Barnes prefers the left, James prefers the right. Uh, but I always think that um, like Harvey Barnes is just a better version of Dan James. It's not, maybe not just, I mean, still very, very quick. Harvey Barnes, still a very, very quick player. Um, and I think him for this season is, this is a really important season for him for, because of his age. You know, this is the one he's probably going to make his mark. And he's, every time for me, when, when Harvey Barnes is on the pitch, he justifies his selection, uh, which is obviously a great thing and a player of that age. Yeah, yeah. He he seems to be a regular starter for Leicester. 
which, as you say, for a player of that age is, is good. Um, I like him. I think he's a good player. Yeah, I mean, he's he scored seven goals this season in 20 games, which equals his tally from last year, which he, you know, he scored seven in 42 last year. So you can already say he's improving in that respect is the fact that he's he's starting to contribute more to Leicester's um, attacking sense. I, I do, like, like you two said, I do really like him. I think... Like you said, Simo, this is potentially going to be his breakout year. Uh, if not this year, then building towards it next year. But um, he's he is a really good talent. He just probably needs to show a bit more consistency is his, is his thing. But I, I do really like him. I really rate him as well. Marcus Rashford got in the score sheet again. Um, I think he's starting to dip into that form of old. He did have a, he missed a really, really early chance, uh, a really good chance early on in the game. But I thought he really, really should be put, a player of that caliber should be putting away that. But again, these are chances, these are clear cut chances that come at the early stage of the game. Is like everybody's still cold, everybody's not really, you know what I mean, not firing yet, you know. Um, so I think uh, it, it, he probably gets away with that one and obviously does get the goal to sort of make up for it. Uh, I think he's starting to find some good form. Uh, and he's already, I read in an interview, he's, he's, he is Man United through and through and he's going to probably spend his full career there, which is a shame because I really think he really could, you know, do amazing things, you know. I think he could be like, uh, he could go up, he could go to Real Madrid or Barcelona, um, and play in uh, like obviously, they're not the, the neither of them are the team of old, but when they will come again, these teams do come in cycles, and when they are like unbeatable sides again, I feel like he could be in the world of 11. Marcus Rashford with a bit of development. I wish he had a better coach to really refine him and temper him and, and make him into the player that you know, you see, you've seen. Probably in seasons past, maybe two or three seasons ago, he's seen sort of his most exciting football. But I really think I just wish he had a better coach. Really, do you think he's better through the middle or being pushed out to the, to one side, to the left or right? Either or for me, I used to like him out on the left because he he was much more pacey before he started getting these injuries. Um, now I kind of like him through the middle, especially now that he's a wee bit more. Um, uh, he's, he's he's actually a bit stronger now than he was maybe two or three seasons ago. I, that was his breakout season, maybe season of 17, 18 was probably his breakout where he kind of started to get a regular selection for Man United. And then I think followed up his contract actually came then as well. But yeah, I, I quite, I used to like him out on the left. I'd maybe like him through the middle. Um, but obviously he needs, he needs time to play through the middle. I think Martial is, is more adaptable to be not through the middle than Marcus Rashford, if yeah. that makes sense. I do, yeah. I do really like Marcus Rashford. I think, you know, he's a, he's a really, really talented footballer and obviously everything he's done off, off the pitch as well really helps him in, in, not as I say his markability, but his sort of character. It, I think it's really helped, helped build the person that he is and he's become this sort of figurehead for United now. So, you know, if he does stay at United forever, you know, he's, he's certainly leading that way. He's got 50 top flight goals now. Um, you know, he's, he is, He's a brilliant, brilliant player and a brilliant human being as well. So, yeah, I really rate Rashford, but I agree with you, Simo. I feel like he does need a coach that could probably bring him on a bit more because I feel like there's still m- more from him that we can see. And Ole Gunnar Solskjaer probably isn't the guy to do that. No, I think you- the good thing. The good thing I think about Rashford is even though, like you say, he probably needs a, a better coach to bring more out of him at this moment in time, the only time he's going to be dropped by Man United is when they're rotating the team, you know, due to number of fixtures. He's 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 playing well. He is one of their best players, if not their best, you know, attacking option. Um, or certainly can be going forward. And he's still incredibly young as well. He's only about twenty one, twenty two. Mm. So he's still got a long career ahead of him. Potentially another 10, 15 years in in his career. Um, so I think he's going to go on to be a superstar, and he's getting to that level at the minute where. Yeah, you know, if if he does only want to stay at United, he can justifiably stay at United if they do get back up to you know like a, the top top level again. And um, he could be he could be part of that definitely. I think if he if he is a part of it, it'll be a key it'll be a key component if they ever do reach those heights again. Um, how many years do I think they are away from reaching those heights? I'd probably say about four or five minimum. Mm. Four or five minimum. Yeah, I mean, the, the, and he he will be probably hit his prime around that time. So, like you say, Jed, it actually might work out for him that when if Man United do become um, back to the status that they've been in the past, then he could probably be in his prime age and be a really really key component of that. Uh, but moving on to Aston Villa, Crystal Palace. More misery for Crystal Palace. Couldn't couldn't get anything from a ten man Villa. What a performance from Villa to go down to ten men and come out with a three 0 victory. I think that that speaks volumes about their side at the moment and the way that they're you know the way that they're playing and the way that they they have that sort of self belief in the team. I thought the the sending off itself was a stupid one. 
um, for Mings. He hasn't covered himself in glory, really. With the, the, the first challenge that he made to get the first book in was with, involved with Zaha, and then the second one was just a, a silly foul on, uh, around the halfway line. There's no need to be making those challenges when you're on a book in, basically, and again, you're risking getting sent off. Um, but even despite that, I thought Villa played really well. They looked threatening throughout the whole game. And we spoke last week when Palace played uh, Liverpool about the lack of sort of closing down the attackers when they were getting in and around the box. That seemed the same from what I saw. They still weren't trying to bust the gut, throw bodies behind the ball. They were happy to let Villa you know, have, have shots on goal and, and they got punished for it. Yeah, I thought um, <clears throat> it showed great character from Villa to go down to 10 men and you know, still having 45 minutes of football to play and then going going on and scoring two goals as well and, and really killing off the game as well as they did. I I thought when the when he got sent off that it might change the game and, and potentially open up avenues for Crystal Palace, but it was the complete opposite really, wasn't it? Like Villa just sort of continued what they've been doing all season really and, and, and playing really good football and, and deservedly winning and deservedly winning by three goals to nil as well. Yeah, Villa definitely showed the their far superior fitness and willingness to run. Um, Dean Smith has got, I think, because he's rallied and there is a bit of morale around around Aston Villa just now. I think the players do look as if they've got an extra yard in them when it, when it comes to like winning second balls and shutting players down. And, and Palace just kind of looked nowhere near it for this for me. I mean, it was, no, it was as bad as the Liverpool performance for mm-hmm. me. Um, I know they obviously didn't concede the same amount of goals, but in terms of like how they were undone, I mean, they were undone twice in the second half against a, te- a side with 10 men and it should just it shouldn't it mm. shouldn't be happening it shouldn't be happening at all uh, Palace play um, Leicester today and that's probably the last team they want to play at this minute um, you know I don't think they're in too much trouble I think Roy just needs he needs an easy game and he needs a week on the training ground or maybe five days between that game as well um, to go back to basics and, and just get the the guys to sort of believe again and because we've seen I've seen Palace defend amazingly this season Several times, several times already this season and last season. So I don't know what's probably getting them. I think maybe it's a combination of tired legs through Christmas and and maybe just obviously I I can't really put my finger on it, but they look, they do look like oh, as if they were the one with a man down rather than Villa in that game. The thing yeah, the thing with yeah, Palace definitely. as well is you know they haven't kept a clean sheet in fourteen games now in the league, so that's worrying for them. It's you know it's not it's not good enough for a, for a Premier League side to go that long without keeping a clean sheet and it, we all know that clean sheets win your games and, and they you know help you stay in this league and if you're leaking goals all over the place especially to a 10-man team that's that's really not ideal yeah it's a bad place to be in really I didn't actually know that that was how long mm. it had been since they kept a clean sheet but that is as I say it's not good enough um, I think they'll be they'll be disappointed with that um, like you say even when they went uh, even when they had the man advantage they didn't really make that count they didn't look threatening and, and I don't think um, I don't think Roy would be happy with that at all No he'd be in there shouting shouting <laughs> in the voice um, kicking water bottles across the uh, dressing room <laughs> the football manager the football manager saying throw a water bottle across I do it in the matter of things <laughs> but three, only three goals in this half throw a water bottle you know <laughs> um Moving on to a slightly dull affair, Fulham Southampton. And this was one we were totally right about. We said this would be fucking shite, and it was. <laughs> <laughs> I know, we actually we actually got something right. <laughs> Go to streamers, that was streamers. I know, yeah. It was, it was everything that we said it would be, wasn't it? It was shit. <laughs> like, it really was. Um, I think a point for Fulham, it, you know, it, it's, a, it's quite a good point for them. Um, they, they do stay in the relegation zone, but obviously points... Points are important. They're unbeaten in four, but they've drew four. So, you know, that's potentially worrying, but being unbeaten in four is obviously good. And they kept another clean, they kept a clean sheet, which is always going to help them. Um, yes. Southampton, probably a bit tired legs in the, in the body. Injuries aren't helping them either. So, um, you can sort of see why they, they, potentially struggling a little bit now their squad isn't the biggest anyway in this Christmas period it always takes takes it out of you um, um, I think we're starting to see that a little bit from Southampton yeah so I think Southampton were unlucky they had a, a goal ruled out for VAR mm. which was a, again it was a fine margin I think it was offside that they got ruled out for um, so I mean other than that you know that's that's the only real talking point from the game it probably was a bit dull as you say they're, they're sort of being found out with a lack of depth in the squad maybe maybe it's just the you know the, the run of games so close together that's not helping them 
Um, Fulham will be happy, obviously, to come away with a point, though, from that game. Obviously, they've, they haven't won in four games, but you know, drawing is better than losing. Um, so there's not really much else you can say about that one, I think. <laughs> As you said, we got it right. Fourth draw and a row from Fulham. Mm. Is this relegation form from Fulham? I'm not. I'm not quite. So I, I I probably pinned Fulham as a relegation candidate at the beginning of the season. I thought if they did stay up, it would be Alexander Mitrovic that would that would be a, that would be playing a key factor in or a, a key sort of role in that. And it's it's definitely not the case. I mean, they've got they've got some other standout players. I think off the streets looks fantastic for them, and mm. what what a good sort of loan move for them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if they've got a chance, it will be probably through him. I think uh, Lukman's a great player mm. as well, and having Mitrovic on the bench to bring on for the last couple of minutes. Uh, like they have been doing in their previous games and they did this against Southampton Mitrovic actually did come on for like the last 10 or so and didn't really have too much an impact in the game I mean if they could get him firing and they're good uh, along with their sort of like resilience at the minute they're not conceding a lot of goals they're not scoring a lot of goals I mean if they could keep the clean sheets and get him scoring they could maybe you know go on a, a wee run that just kind of edges them above relegation I think if Phillips survive it may be just because they've finished 16th or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't see them finishing any higher than 15th in, in the table, to be honest. I don't think they've got enough about the team to, to go on and do that. But you could make a case of them staying up, yeah, especially if, like you say, if they get Mitrovic firing and, and they continue to keep these clean sheets, which is the, the basis of everything, really. Definitely, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Southampton, are they, are they still European cam- candidates? It's a tough, I think so. tough one, that though, isn't it? It depends how long these players that they've got out are going to be out for, I think. If they can get Danny Ings and Romeo and that fit again and, and keep them fit till the end of the season, then yes. But if they stay out and get injured again, I think we'll probably see them sort of fade off, but they'll finish in the top 10 for sure. Yeah, they're missing uh, Vestergaard at the back of the yeah. minute as well. Massively. It's a big miss for them. Massively. Um, once they get everyone back, then I think potentially they could kick on again. I I still think they're they're in the discussion for finishing in European places. Maybe not Champions League, but they're certainly good enough to finish in the Europa League places. I think they can make. I think near the end of the season, I think we might see a push for it. Mm. If they can get everybody really, really, you yeah. know, sort of when, they're still there. Yeah, when when those games like the end of the season where they start kind of coming a little bit further apart. You know, and they do kind of get five days rest in between games and stuff like that. I think, yeah, we might, we might see Southampton have a have a run of games and try and actually compete for a European a European place because that would, yeah. I think, Harrison Hootel, if he could get, I think he'll consider this a, a successful season either way uh, mm. at the end of it if they finish in top 10. But if they finish with a European place or even are thereabouts for a European place and they have like sort of, you know, they get near enough the mark that, that, that people are impressed by Southampton. I think Harrison Hootel and the, uh, the Southampton board will probably consider that a successful season. They've just got to wrap, I think wrap Danny Ings and Cotton Wall, haven't they? <laughs> if they keep Danny Ings fit then yeah they've got a chance because he will he is a difference maker we've seen that already since he's moved to Southampton and he's a difference maker so they've just got they've got to keep him fit in my opinion yeah he's a top class striker and a body made of shortbread you know what I mean (laughs) he just seems to break all the time but he's just so good yeah I mean every time they have him you know and he particularly last season I was just so impressed by you know what? What a player he could be because maybe we had Danny Ings at Liverpool, obviously, and me and Jake are big Danny Ings fans. We really mm. liked him as a character, and we were watching the game actually when uh, when he scored for the first time in ages, and all that emotion came out. And um, it was pretty. The writing was on the, on the wall. He was going to go somewhere, but we were quite glad he went to Southampton um, to, to a side that would probably look after him, and he'd sort of be the star man, which he which he obviously is and has been since he yeah. got there. Uh, I think yeah, if they could just keep him fit, like just get. 10 games out of them, you know, get 10 really good Danny Ings performances, I think they might have a chance at uh, pushing for that Europa place. Yeah, it's a real shame that Danny Ings did have that that big injury that kept him out for so long. Do you reckon if he hadn't, you know, he would still be a part of that Liverpool squad at the minute or would, would there have been more of an emphasis on him in the team? Or Danny Ings without, without injuries, like, uh, uh, this is a big shout. Danny Ings without injuries <laughs> and him... Get, picking up the momentum he normally does when he's not injured. Danny Ings is Harry Kane level, in my opinion. I think not not the same type of player, but, he, held, but he, definitely there. Not the same sort of type of player, obviously. But in, in terms of goals scored, goals yeah. scored, 
he would be that level for me, absolutely. He's, he's definitely he's clinical enough for that, 100%. I think if Danny Ings didn't get those injuries at Liverpool, he'd still be there. Um, he's a Klopp type of player. He works hard. He's a good finisher. And, you know, he leaves everything on the pitch every time he plays. And I I, I do, you know, Jurgen Klopp loved him when he was there. And he was, so, I think I remember reading, he was really excited to work with him. And then obviously he got injured straight away in his first training session. Mm. So like, obviously other players have come in and, and, and he's had to adapt his system to that. But I still think if Danny Ings would be fit, he, he'd probably still be at Liverpool in some capacity. Um, obviously, you know, the way Divock Origi's been playing and things like that, Danny Ings is 10 times the player that he is. Um, for all for all the good memories that Divock Origi has given Liverpool fans, Danny <laughs> Ings will you're start you're, over him. You mean like natural ability? Yeah. Natural ability, yeah. 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 I reckon maybe there's an alternate universe out there where Danny Ings has won the Ballon d'Or <laughs> in three years. <laughs> 50 goal of the season striker. <laughs> I think they're reaching a Maybe just a wee bit too far. There's like... <laughs> um, I just want to say about Southampton just before we move on. I think a team like that needs to be committing everything towards a competition like the FA Cup hmm. this year. Because if their form does fall off in the league, the FA Cup's away into Europe and that could then potentially elevate them onto to things further next season. So if I were them, I would be committing, you know, a full squad to that or, you know, near enough a full squad to, to that competition and trying to go as far as possible in it. And because it's a great opportunity for, for a team like Southampton where, you know, the bigger clubs don't really take it as serious. They put the reserve goalkeeper in, for example. Um, I think that could also be a, a possibility for them as well. Um, and if, if, as I say, if the form drops off in the league, there's another option there. And that's a viable option for them as well at the minute. It's a good point, that, Jed. It's a really, really good point because it's not something you often think about. Like, I think it's very forgotten that the FA Cup is a European place. And maybe it was more highlighted last year because that was Arsenal's backdoor into Europe. Um, just because normally Man City win it <laughs> the past couple of seasons. And it's always somebody, it's always a team normally that, that's already in Europe that wins it. So it's, uh, it's kind of forgotten about. And normally that's, that's why you can get into Europe when you finish seventh in the Premier League. Um, I think it's definitely a, a valid point to say that, um, that, that that could be Southampton's backdoor into Europe. I think, obviously, they, they're, they're good enough to, if they've got the, the players like we've talked about, they're good enough to sort of beat anybody on their day. So, yeah, a, a really good point, well presented. Um, I just want to take a wee break <laughs> quickly, boys, before we come back uh, and just sort the um, video out. Back. Uh, so we're going to talk about the big one, Arsenal-Chelsea. I'll let one of you start because I've got, I've got my thoughts about this. <laughs> um, I thought Chelsea were absolutely dreadful. Um, yeah. Shocking. This Arsenal side has been shocking. And to be turned over the way they were, I think it's, it was just, it was dreadful from Chelsea. Um, they were, they were poor all over the pitch and, uh, and they never looked like winning the game, you know, even, even early on. And yeah, I thought Arsenal were better, a lot better than they have been. They've been, they were, they know, they've been shocking. So anything better than what they have been. Uh, but I thought, to be honest, I thought Arsenal played pretty well. They played really well. They looked quite dangerous. And what I quite liked is the fact that, he dropped a lot of the so-called bigger names and put the youngsters in and they fully justified their, their selection and, and their place in that team and, and showed that they should be picked again. And, and, and I believe that they should. A lot of those young lads that came in were brilliant for Arsenal and they showed that the fans were right in wanting them to play and he played them and, and, yeah. and obviously they won. So yeah. Yeah. They looked hungry. The youngsters that came in, mm. you know, the likes of Smith Rowe had a good game. I think, um, it's more of a, uh, wasted opportunity for Chelsea than it is uh, you know, an opportunity taken for Arsenal because Chelsea will have gone there thinking you know, this is an easy three points and if they had turned up it would have been an easy three points so I, still, I don't think that Arsenal side is a great side still they played much better um, and obviously took advantage of a Chelsea side that just didn't turn up but um, I think for Chelsea for Frank Lampard there's there needs to be uh, a comeback from this now there needs to be like a, a step up from them because for them to go there to Arsenal, who are in the worst form at the minute, and to get turned over like that is is not a, a good result for them, especially with all the talent they've got in that team. Um, I thought Arsenal's goals, we mentioned on the, the podcast yesterday, um, were a bit lucky, but yeah, that's that's the look that that you've got to you've got to get at some point throughout the season, and that was their their lucky day. I don't think they're out of the out of danger just yet though, <laughs> off the back of that result, but but you never know. As I say, it could spark the the Arsenal revival as, as we sort of discussed it yeah. yesterday. You've, you've just you've just 
touched on a point I really want to touch on. Those goals need to be judged in isolation. So does the match, right? Okay, what is the derby, right? I, I'm not convinced, right, this is the turnaround for Arsenal that everybody seems to think it is and everybody on social media going absolutely mental. Mm. Um, all the Arsenal fan TV, everything. <laughs> um, saying, oh, this is this is the way forward. We just need to play the youngsters and, and we'll be fine. I'm not, I'm not entirely convinced. I did say this yesterday, right? Okay. It was an extremely soft penalty. I think in another day that was... I mean, the referee was dead. Yeah. The, he was desperate to give it. was so minimal. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was so minimal. Yeah. I mean, I think it probably was a penalty in this day and age. It was a penalty because there was that slight contact, I think, on the, the left knee of the mm-hmm. fullback. Um, but you could easily, easy, without VAR, easily have seen that not being given. Mm. You know, being given as a dive because the, the contact was so minimal. But I, yeah, very soft. Yeah, I've seen more contact not given this, this season. Put yeah. it that way. I mean... Yeah. I think they were lucky to get that, and the referee looked absolutely desperate to give it. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Uh, Granit Xhaka again, a free kick from Granit Xhaka. That's obviously really, really good. And I look back at it, free kick. It is, it is a really, goal. really good free kick. It's maybe not yeah. as good as it looks from a from a TV angle when you kind of watch it back. Mendes should probably, you know, kind of get there. I mean, maybe I'm being harsh because it's Granit Xhaka, <laughs> and as a player, I'm normally quite hard on because I think um, there's a lot to his game that's lacking. And then obviously Saka's goal. <laughs> we had this little we had this out yesterday, yeah. didn't we? I still say he did not mean that. There's no way he's not yeah. looking anywhere near that the direction yeah. of the goal. Um, it's a cross. He's whiffed across yeah. and it somehow caught Mendy <laughs> off his line. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. He he didn't mean that at all. No way. I I will be prepared to bet my life that he was trying to cross that to the back post. <laughs> there was no way that he was he was trying to find the top corner there. Not a chance. But I think um, the free kick was a great goal. You can't, I, I can't take that away from from Arsenal from Xhaka there. Absolute brilliant hit. I think even if the keeper is is doing what he should do and you know making a dive there, he's probably not going to save it because um, it was it was that well struck. Um, I think Chelsea had a free kick that almost went in um, in the first half. Mason Mount just sort of clipped the edge of the post, yeah. which is if that went in, then potentially it could have been a, a different game. Um, but I think overall Arsenal deserve the win. Yeah, I think they do definitely deserve the win, but I just think this, this result has to be judged in isolation and not not as a turnaround yeah. um, game. They, they need to the, the games they need to win is the game coming in the next match week, which, which is Brighton. They need mm-hmm. to beat Brighton. Yeah. They need to do it away from home at the Amex, okay, uh, and beat a Brighton side that's maybe not in their best form, but probably looking at Arsenal and thinking, oh, they're not in their best form either, so we we can maybe get something out of them. Um, and I think. Chelsea were absolutely disgraceful to be honest I mean Jorginho missed that they could have brought it back they really could have brought it back in the last sort of like um, I feel like if he scores that penalty it changes it changes everything like um, I feel if he scores that then it's it's siege tactics isn't it and I feel like the the momentum (laughs) probably would have come and and they'd probably have scored again and we'd be talking about a completely different game I did actually want to touch on the penalty what do you what what is your honest opinion on these the stuttering penalty run up malarkey I'm not a fan. Um, you know, call me a, a traditionalist, <laughs> but I think a penalty needs to just be absolutely twatted at, at the goal. Yeah. Because if you, the harder you hit a penalty, if it's on target, there's, there's less chance of the goalkeeper saving it. Um, you if you're doing a little a little jump and a skip and that on the way in, you're losing so much power, you've then got to rely on sending the keeper the wrong way, yeah. which doesn't happen every time. Yeah. Because goalkeepers study penalties now and they'll, you know, they'll plan which side they're going to dive. So, just fucking hit it. Yeah, just I'm all about the Jamie Vardy penalty. Yeah. The Jamie Vardy yeah, penalty. Exactly. Just, I'm just going to run, example. run yeah. as fast as I can and fucking whack this and whatever it goes, yeah. just whatever it and goes. When, when does he miss? When does he miss penalties? Never. I think he's, pretty, he's only missed one in in the last like couple of years or so. So. That's that's the way forward. I'm not a fan of the the, thing, the hop skip. The thing the thing is as well is you know the harder you hit the penalty, by the time often the keeper's dived, it's already past him anyway. So I, I yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm not a big fan of it. I think it's stupid. I don't like it. Like you, like you said, Jed, you know, the traditionalist, put the ball down. I remember I remember <laughs> um, in 2001 <laughs> Liverpool. Uh, in the Worthington Cup final and Jamie Carragher must have took his run up from the halfway line when he took the penalty in the shootout <laughs> and, and he absolutely twatted it and you know the key, he had no chance but for me that's that's the way you've got to do it you know you start so far back that the keeper's looking at you going where the fucking hell is this going and and yeah. but like you say the hop jump skip is like you say the power's gone so by the time you've taken it the keeper knows where you're going to put it and the, exactly. the amount of research that they put into penalties these days, it's, it's, it's yeah. If you hit, if you hit it as hard as you can, don't matter how good you are. I've patched it before you've even dived. 
Exactly, yeah. exactly. Right, right. And I, I feel like the, got, the ones I see saved. I feel like the ones I see saved are, are those like daft little penalties. Yeah. And maybe it's just yeah. because they're, they're highlighted of that because the penalties taken like that. But yeah, I've yeah. Just, like if I'm a coach, yeah. I'm just being like, yeah, mate, just fucking run and hit it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think for, for Chelsea though, I think their most dangerous spell in the game was within that last five ten minutes um, where they got that penalty and obviously where they got the the goal. I think it was it Abraham scored the yeah. consolation goal for them. Mm. Um, if you're if you're only really threatening a team in the last 10 minutes when you're 3-0 down already, you don't deserve to win the game, yeah. unfortunately. So um, even if they had scored that penalty, I think Arsenal probably would have seen it out. But obviously, we never know. It would have made it a bit more exciting. <laughs> but yeah, Jorginho. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he scored in his last two games against Arsenal, both penalties, I think. But yeah, I mean... It's- it is what it is. I don't think my my main sort of point was I don't think this can be totally known as the the turnaround for Arsenal until they actually put a string of good yeah. performances together. Yeah. Um, and for Chelsea's Frank Lampard had every every right to be in as as embarrassed as he was in the post match because uh, he was absolutely devilled. <laughs> but it's his own fault. <laughs> it's his job to inspire the players to keep to keep that consistency up. He's obviously not done that. Um, do you reckon? Um, do you reckon Lampard will get sacked at the end of the season if if Chelsea don't finish as strongly as they should with that squad? If they don't get Champions League, I can totally see him getting sacked. Hundred yeah. percent. If yeah. they don't finish in the Champions League or win the Champions League or anything like that, then they're, they're here. I think he's gone. Um, yeah. You know how ruthless Abramovich is anyway, and you know he sacks managers for a lot less. <laughs> you know, oh, Di, Mate- yeah. Di Matteo yeah, won yeah, the Champions yeah. League, yeah. and he was gone about three weeks <laughs> later. Um, <laughs> you know, Abramovich is ruthless, and if he doesn't, if Lampard doesn't do what what Abramovich wants him to do with all the money that they've spent, yeah, he's he's in trouble massively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would agree. So. To be honest, I think at the minute, if I was Frank Lampard, I wouldn't be bothering persisting with Timo Werner up front. Because he's not delivering at the minute. He's, he's scored a couple of goals in in those games where you know they've drawn like three all with West Brom, mm. things like that. Um, but for me, I would drop him, give him a few games out of the team, let him fight his way back in there um, and rotate. And uh, Tammy Abraham looks looks quite threatening for them when he plays at the minute. I'll I'll be starting him um, and potentially even starting Kai Havertz as you know in, in that that middle that central role up front because I think he used to play there for for Leverkusen. Yeah, he did. Um, so he's got the options, Lampard. And at the minute, I think he's letting himself down with the, the team selection, I guess. I think so. I'm not well. massively impressed with Kai Havertz, um, his efforts in the Premier League so far. Olivier either. Giroud for me. Oh, so far, yeah. Yeah. I mean... Oh, Giroud again, yeah. Another good shout for someone who'd get in the team ahead of Werner for me at the minute. Yeah, definitely. 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 We need to see how the Chelsea season pans out. <laughs> Frank, yeah. Frank gets to keep his job or not. Um <laughs> Over to Man City Newcastle. I don't want to spend too long in this game because it was extremely dull, and I'm sure not not a lot of people want to hear us yeah. talk about it. It was it went exactly how exactly how you thought it would be. Um, Newcastle yeah. were fairly resolute and they're defending, and uh, Man City Man City got got a couple of goals, Gundogan and and, and Ferran Torres. I mean, yeah, Man City continued a good form in terms of good results, mm. and they, they played okay, I suppose, I watched the highlights, didn't watch the full 90 minutes, there's no way I'm sitting through that, I'll subject <laughs> myself to that, you know what I mean, I'm not, I don't hate myself, I do a bit, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I don't want to spend too much, have you guys got any points you, you just want to add to this? No, no, there's no, there's no shocks about that result, is there, to be honest, it's it's a 2-0 game, isn't it, it's, yeah. it's, if you were to predict the score before, you'd probably say Man City two 0 I do. Um, um, I do quickly want to touch on Ferran Torres. I do. I do really like him. I think he's a really good player. Um, he's hmm. obviously he's he scored seven goals this season, which is a, a good return for someone who's new to the league. And um, he looks dangerous every time he plays. And he, he's a he's a really good good signing for Man City. I think he's sort of one that probably went under the radar a little bit in terms of their signings. When you know they sign a player, they tend to be you know big and hyped up and stuff. But I feel like he was a bit under the radar. And when they, when they signed him, and he's starting to prove why they signed him and why they did want him for so long. Yeah, I think yeah, a lot of people thought that he was one for the future um, mm. because you know, they only spent like 20 odd million on him. Um, so obviously, uh, for, for, the, for the return he's doing and the kind of quality of player he is, you know, 20 million is, is a fucking steal or 20 odd million, whatever they spent, 26, I think it was. Uh, yeah, an absolute steal. Yeah, so I think we'll see more of him. We will definitely see more of him um, yeah. at Man City. Uh, I hope he doesn't go the route of Leroy Sane where it's kind of like. <laughs> 
Um, there's just too many good players at the club. <laughs> Leroy Sané yeah. had to leave, and he's obviously turned up at Bayern Munich and put in a lot of good performances for Bayern Munich. Um, and he pro- he's probably, you know, considered maybe a fifty or sixty million pound player now, Leroy Sané. Um, and he's still even struggling. <laughs> <laughs> that's the states about the quality of Bayern Munich still maybe struggling a wee bit to get that side and coming off the bench a lot uh, but we'll move on to a more interesting game Sheffield United Everton I kind of thought Sheffield United might scrape something here the way they were playing and obviously just take Skelfie Sigurdsson to arrive late into the box and, and just yeah. beat the keeper like like it's it's just so well placed it's like he just passes the ball into the net doesn't he yeah, um, Gilfie Sigurdsson yeah. it's like a long pass into the <laughs> to, that's exactly where he wants it to go it, it sort of looks like he's putting in minimal effort yeah. and still delivering <laughs> the, the goods with, with that sort of finish um, I think it's probably the result we all expected Sheffield United to get beaten um, like you say Simo, they did they showed you know patches of, of a bit of desire there and, and you know a bit of fight in them um, as we've already discussed at length they're still in danger um, Everton also, uh, you know, at the opposite end of the table, these kind of results are the ones you need to be grinding out and, and taking the points from when you've got players, you know, your big names missing from the from the side, and they've done just that. So I think they'll be happy with it. Sheffield United will just go again. They probably weren't expecting to get anything from that game anyway. Yeah, yeah. Champions League place form. You, you know, they've they've lost thirteen games this season now, and they're just like we. I know we've we've touched on it quite a lot, but they just they're. Showing absolutely no signs of anything, are they? They they look blunt in attack and defensively. Although they were stronger today than we have seen in the past, they just still look a bit all over the place, and it's, it's a bit of a bad time to be obviously a Sheffield United fan. But I think they just I think best thing for them now is the season to end <laughs> and yeah. just regroup again in the championship. <laughs> it's been a year, right? That Chris Wilder was linked to the Arsenal job. <laughs> and, and now he's getting now he's getting relegated totally found out for me um, failed to adapt um, maybe uh, I hate this whole everybody's blaming it on there's no fans in the, there's no fans in the stadium and and that's why Sheffield are, are not winning any games because they draw a lot of energy off their fans right okay I'll accept that mm. I'll accept your point there right but you still get a job to do as a football player as a football manager you still get a job to do right uh, and it's not as if there's no fans anymore they still existed at home <laughs> watching you on the telly you yeah. know what I mean you've still got to turn up and play football I mean <laughs> if it does if, if fans get back into the stadium Sheffield turn it around and go in a, and win five or six games in a row and, and scrape and scrape a, 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 a sort of place in the Premier League then I'll probably I'll, I'll I'll accept yeah, it was it was the fans, but I mean you shouldn't as a as a football team in the Premier League you shouldn't be so vulnerable that a factor like that um, lowers your performances to these standards because they are they're a bad football team at the minute. I mean I don't think <laughs> I they're think even blame, doing too well in the championship. Blaming it, blaming it on the fans not being there is a little bit of a cop out at the minute, isn't it? Because like, no one's got any fans. Team, any team can say that you know any team can say oh we've got no fans that's why we've lost. It's not really an excuse. Um, it you know when they were doing well, it's not the fans that are you know putting the ball in the back of the net and, mm-hmm. or keeping it out at the other end, is it? It's you know it's the players that are doing it. So the players themselves need to be improving, whether there's fans there or not. They you know they they play in training, no fans there. You know they they play like you know reserve games and things like that when they're coming back to fitness. There's no fans there either, so they're used to it. It's not like a I don't think it makes a massive amount of difference. And um, obviously it can. Sometimes you can see fan influence who sort of turn a game when there's, you know, if you're 2-0 down, for example, you get a goal and, and the fans are sort of rolling you up. But it, uh, there's not been many situations like that this season that Sheffield United have put themselves in yeah. because they just haven't had the, the fight about them. Um, so I think that's a, yeah, as I say, a bit of a cop-out excuse at the minute. Yeah, it's definitely a cheap excuse to use. And yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't sit well with me because other teams have been showing that fans or no like you know Leeds this season they've got no fans in the Premier League on their big return and you know they've been doing well and yeah. it's just it, it's just they're looking for excuses at the minute and unfortunately they need to be probably looking at each other in the dressing room and, and start pointing the finger at each other and saying you're not doing well you're not doing well for me they should have reacted quick, quicker and got another coach in mm. 100% if you lose they they, they Chris Wilder lost 10 games in a row or something or, or, or like lost like 10, 10 out of 10 games or whatever uh, I know he got a draw somewhere in between but matters matters very little matters very little if that happened at another club yeah. if, if that happened at another club you could 
justify the manager being sacked yeah. there as well. I think with Chris Wilder, he's, he's a Sheffield United fan, isn't he? Yeah. He's, like, he's got that sort of link to the club. I think he played for them as well in, in his playing days. So I can see why they'd want to hang on to him. He's taken them up to the Premier League and done well. But, you know, like you say, 10, 10 defeats or, or 10 games without a win in the Premier League is a lot of games. Um, it's different to you know, the championship where there's more games for you to recover yeah, yeah. from from that sort of form. So it's it's a long run without without winning a game and, and at any other club it'd be sacked definitely have lost his job. It'd have been yeah. sacked two months ago. Um yeah. and, and and Sheffield you might might have a chance of staying in the Premier League because they do have fairly decent players from what I remember of last the granted they look like completely different players now. <laughs> <laughs> but they are roughly the same as they were last season. Um uh, but yeah, he absolutely deserved the sack. Deserved the sack six weeks ago. Uh, in my opinion, uh, they failed to act. It's too late now. They're too far gone. Yeah. Other teams around them are going to pick up the form and they're going to go down. Um, so they may as well keep them in charge. Uh, if that's if that's what's important to the Sheffield United board is having someone that's likable uh, as in charge of the club, um, then then that's what's important to them. You know, apparently they don't want that hundred million, <laughs> hundred million a year of being, of being in the Premier League. Um, certainly West Brom are in now and with a, a much better shout than them. Uh, and we'll come to yeah. that game very soon. Uh, over to Leeds Burnley. Uh, Leeds edged it on a on a Bamford pen. Uh, Burnley probably should have <laughs> should have been the team that had the pen though. I think Burnley were unlucky to be honest to to lose that game. They were unlucky that that goal didn't stand um, in the first half because obviously the goalkeepers come. I think they, the referees give a foul against the attacking player, which was Ben Me at the time, for backing into the keeper. Yeah. Um, the keeper has run out to the edge of his 18-yard box to punch the ball away. Ben Mee's looking at the ball the whole time and doesn't look at the goalkeeper once. So it doesn't see the keeper coming, obviously. And the keeper's just, just come and sort of clattered over the back of him, not made a good contact. It drops to the Burnley striker and he puts the ball in the net. Should have stood for me. Um, and, and Burnley were unlucky at, as a result of that. Not to win. They did have other chances to equalise and didn't take them. But likewise, Leeds had other chances to to kill the game off, didn't take them as well. I think a draw would have been a fair result. But um, yeah, good good win for Leeds in the end on, on paper. Uh, you know, coming out of that with a one nil. Um, yeah, I, th- I, d- I definitely think the goal should have stood. It was. Bit, li- bit ridiculous that it didn't to be honest and just want to say like how angry Sean Dyche was uh, he, was human, <laughs> he? he was absolutely furious and at the end of the game I see seeing him walking over to the ref and all I could think of was I'd hate to be the referee <laughs> like, uh, but yeah I think he's he's right to be angry I, though, I, I agree I'd be, I think furious. Was, I'd be furious it, 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 it was <laughs> It was mental, and, and I can un- completely understand why he was so angry. Um, you I know, mean, he's it's, like, it's, it's Benny's not even moving backwards, and he's jump, he's jumping straight up to compete with the ball. Yeah, and Melier yeah. just comes fucking through him, like absolutely yeah. through him, knee yeah. in the back, and everything. I mean, that must have hurt like a bitch as well. I mean, don't care how hard you are, Benny <laughs> seems like a pretty hard bloke. That yeah. must have hurt like a fucking bitch, and he was on the floor for him a bit as well. Yeah. But Ashley Barnes does well to react. He's thinking, right, okay, if it's not a pen, yeah, it's a, if it's not a pen, I'm taking goal. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to play the advantage. I'm going to whack this into the net. I don't know. I don't understand why the, the referee is so keen to blow his fucking whistle. Yeah. VAR's there for these fucking reasons. Why are you blowing your whistles before? I mean, I, well, I don't, he's, well, he's not standing thing, in a bad well. position anyway. He's watched Ben Me jump straight up and I keep up run right fucking through him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a poor referee. The, poor the, whistle, referee. the whistle got blown after the ball went in, didn't it? Well, I think it's a, it's a well-taken goal from, from Barnes anyway. When it's the not blown as he hits it. But I thought that the, the, the whistle blew after the goal went in. And he then gave the free kick after because it happened quite quickly. I'm not sure now off the top of my head. But like you say, VAR could have looked at that and seen that it's a, a genuine attempt to play the ball. Well, that thought anything, that was a reason. It's more of a foul from the goalkeeper yeah. than it is from the attacker. I think it's a reason VAR couldn't look at it because of the whistle had gone. Is that not. I'm sure they said. Oh, I don't know. I'm yeah. not sure. To be honest. I think, I think it's, it's, yeah. it's mental that. that- uh, goalkeepers are so protected as well like we've literally we spoke about it just now how how he's you know I need Ben Mee in the back and gone right through him to get the ball and he's got the foul yeah. and and I, I I've said this for years now that, that goalkeepers are far too protected in the Premier League uh, they effectively get away with what they want if they go down in any situation they'll get the foul regardless of where you know what yeah. what what has happened before that um 
And I, I do, I do think goalkeepers are ridiculously well defended. Um, you make any contact on a goalkeeper, it's, you've, you've given away a foul and a, like, you know, we, we saw it in the Burnley game. The, the goalkeeper, you know, absolutely clatters a player and he gets the free kick because Ben Mee's, you know, had, you know, rightfully gone for the ball when he, he can. And, you know, he's, like you say, he's not made any attempt to, to, to look back and, you know, do what Harry Kane does where he looks back at, at yeah, a player and yeah, back into back him. And falls yeah. in. And, uh, no, yeah. and uh, I think I think it's mental and, and Sean Dice is probably sat in his office after that game and, and he's probably trashed the place. Throwing chairs about. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, for Ben Mee, you wouldn't expect the goalkeeper to be coming out there. He's on not the edge of the 18 Yeah, he's, on, yeah he's right there, uh, isn't there's he? A, there's a line of defenders there that can challenge that ball as yeah. well. And, it, and if he does win the ball, he's only going to be knocking it down to a, a centre forward. He's not going to be heading that into the net from, from the edge of the 18-yard no. box. So it's a really, like, it's a really, really harsh on them because, like you say, he wasn't backing and he wasn't looking to win a penalty or anything like that from that. He was purely attempting to play the ball because he didn't expect the goalkeeper to be fucking charging out and <laughs> coming, coming through the back of him from, in that position. Yeah, so, he's probably not even trying to yeah, score. Like say, he's probably Sean, just trying to win the second ball. You know what I mean? Probably, yeah. Like, and like you say, Sean Dyche has got every right to be, you know, throwing the tactics board around the dressing room <laughs> after and, you know, knocking on the referee's door yeah. at what, you know, what's going on. The Burnley um, players should have made much more a scene about it as well. They should have been kicking the fuck off, but it just kind of seemed <laughs> as if the only one that felt aggrieved was Ashley Barnes. Um, yeah, because he took a goal off yeah, him. Yeah. yeah, and he's he's looking for goals at the minute. Ashley Barnes trying to get back into his form of old. Um, over to West Ham Brighton they should just start giving Thomas Suchek the man of the match award before he even steps in the fucking pitch that boy is amazing man do you know what? I keep leaving him on my bench on the fantasy league and I'm really regretting it every week I, I think ah, he probably won't have that good a game this week and every week he proves me wrong because he always, he's always got a good performance in him and what I do want to say about this game is that Brighton having a player like Neil Mopé in the team is absolutely essential and I think Sheffield United, the likes of Sheffield United, would be crying out for a player like that, where he can just take that chance on the sort of half turn, yeah. takes that opportunity, uh, which is how he, he scored their first goal. Brighton, and, and um, he's he was one of the better players in the game for me. Um, I think they'll be happy going there and getting a point as well. To be honest, at the minute with, with West Ham, I feel like the draw is probably the right result. Mm. Yeah, I feel like it was hard yeah, fought by both teams. Um, yeah, like you said, Mopey. I mean. He's, he's actually kind of been left out a couple of times this season as well in favour of sort of like uh, Danny Welbeck and, you know, like Lamptey. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Brighton do have a better, a better line going forward than, than Sheffield United. I, I don't doubt that at all. You know, even Jahan Bash, who, who comes on for normally like the last 20, yeah. 30 minutes of the game. But Sheffield United probably do, do a play like him. He scored an absolutely superb overhead kick last season. Um, and it, yeah. was, it was absolutely <laughs> wonderful. Danny Welbeck was firing as well. Um, maybe, maybe Sheffield United should have went and got Somebody like Danny Welbeck, an inexperienced striker in the league, probably could have got, probably, probably could have lured Callum Wilson. Mm. Thinking about it, you know. Well, I don't know about that. I think with Welbeck, you do take a, a risk with him anyway because he's so injury prone. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he is playing, when he's fit, he's a good option. I think Brighton have probably taken a, a good gamble there on him because they've got the rotation options in the squad. Um, Sheffield United, I don't think, could have gone in for Callum Wilson. If not, if a club, a bigger club like Newcastle was going in as well, I think he's always going to pick Newcastle. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think, like you say, a draw was a, probably a fair result. Um, hard fought between both teams, and and yeah, Thomas Suchek, I'll remember to put him back in my fantasy <laughs> <starting> lineup. <laughs> yeah, West Ham looking good. Uh, Brighton, just again, just I feel like they've been quite unlucky this season. Um, for me, quite a lot of decent performances, not a lot of results that match. Um, they could yeah. actually be. They could actually be relegation candidates if they don't actually start matching the results to the performances. Yeah, yeah. Over- we said, haven't we, that um, the game against Arsenal that's coming up now is you know a six pointer essentially. Graham, um, yeah, Graham Potter's got to be looking at it and thinking, you know what I mean? That this is this is a game for us that we can get something out of. Mm-hmm. We're at home. Yeah, uh, they'll be in a sense of false security. <laughs> it's like, oh, we've just beat Chelsea. We're champions again. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I think, yeah, I definitely agree with you there, Chad. All right, over to the dreaded, well, the only dreaded for me for me and Jake. Uh, Liverpool, West Brom, big Sam got his result, just like, well, we said we said we'd probably need more time with the, tail, uh, the, the, the players, but we called it, he played 4-4-2, he played in a, a back six sort of block, um, just 
Oh, it was horrible to watch. I mean, he's hated every minute of that game. Hated every fucking. They were so good in defence, and he kept catching Liverpool out as well. Uh, and that is why that is how big. That's how West Brom West Brom are going to stay up this season is by playing like that because it was just relentless to play against and ruthless when they were on the break as well. And probably should have won the game. West Brom probably should have won that game. I think um, I said I said to Jake before um, you might be there as well. So I think Big Sam will be laughing all the way home after getting a point at Liverpool. To be honest, he does do that, doesn't he? I saw a stat there saying he's not lost in his last four trips to Anfield, mm. um, which is a, a brilliant big Sam stat. Um, I thought Liverpool were probably unlucky not to have won it, but they weren't clinical enough. They just didn't take the chances. And, and they only had something like two shots on target, which against a team like West Brom, um, you really should be taking advantage of the fact that you've got a much stronger side than them and they didn't do that yeah the Liverpool should have killed them off in the first sort of 30 minutes of the game Sadio Mane had enough chances to probably get a hat-trick I think his goal yeah. was taken really really well um, and they had other opportunities that he probably should have finished and I think Liverpool have been punished for, for, for not taking them And but you know I mean there was like the Grant chance to go on and win the game yeah I think, you know, that that should have been taken it. And that just just so happens that Liverpool have a world a world class goalkeeper um in the net and that's what's kinda you know a rescued a point for Liverpool and very very frustrating as a as a football fan to watch that because it was just I think it's every minute of that game. I just couldn't really you know enjoy any it's of a, it. It's a football manager result, isn't it? So <laughs> you say you're managing Liverpool, you're top of the league, West Brom are in the bottom three and they suddenly you know, pull out a big performance and, and get a point against you and you've got so many chances in the game not taken. Big slice of luck with the West Brom goal and the header coming off the post and going back across the other end and sort of like spinning in. Um, but yeah, like I say, Big Sam will be laughing all the way home with that. Jake, you've been awful quiet, mate. You're just, you're just absolutely blatantly <laughs> refusing to talk about this. Uh, do you know what? I was, I was, I was watching the game when when Liverpool scored. I, I was watching it with my girlfriend, and I immediately turned to her and I was like, you know, we we need another one. And then my dad texted me and said, we need a second. And then you texted me, Simo, and said, we need a second and a third. <laughs> and it was, and, and from what I was getting from from like everybody watching the game was, this is it's got the hallmarks of everything that Big Sam loves all over it. And and I was watching the game and I was sat there and, and I was I was I was getting more and more angry as it was going on because it was it was going exactly the way we I, I feel like everyone knew in the back of their mind it would go. And when 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 West Brom scored, I was oh, I was just I knew it instantly and I was like, this is it was fucking annoying. And and just <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I literally sat there and I was just like, and fuck it, I knew it had happened. <laughs> like, it had it up written all over the game. And, and I, I just, yeah, I want to say Mane's goal. Like, it was such a Mane esque finish as well. It was brilliant. Really, it's really good goal. After, I, 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 yeah, that's, I'm just, it just annoyed me more than anything. I, I hate that brand of football. I know it gets results and it got a point here, but it just, I can't stand watching 11 men behind the ball and, and just, you know, I do hate it. I really hate it. <laughs> if if well, that's how you stop Liverpool clip. this season, <laughs> this is it, though, that's what you know, you've got to do, isn't it? It, it? it worked, don't get me wrong. And obviously, credit to West Brom. They got a, a really good point there. But, like, obviously, as a football fan and as a Liverpool fan, I was, I was frustrated and, and, and annoyed. And it, it, I just... No, I haven't grown up and watching football and, and watching this Liverpool team for so long now with Jurgen Klopp. It's... To, to see that, it just it, it, like disgusts me. <laughs> well, so, like, as, as good as Big Sam is to have back, like his brand of football really, it really pisses me off and it disgusts me. <laughs> big, big fan of big, big fan of Big Sam, yeah. except when they yeah. play Liverpool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I, I think you you can be safe in in the knowledge that it's not gonna you know send Liverpool's season into free fall is it you know getting that yeah. sort of result against against West Brom they'll they'll be back and probably will go out and absolutely batter Newcastle <laughs> this week um, to make up for it um, so I, I think Liverpool like I said they, they had the chances mm. they just didn't take them they weren't clinical enough yeah. I guess you have you have those days on another on another day they put seven in you know when they're in that situation yeah. so um, I think by main image coming out of that game is on picturing Big Sam getting on the coach <laughs> to go back down to to, to Birmingham um, with like 
bottles of champagne, but they're full of Bovril. <laughs> and he sort of just pops the cork off and just sprays it around everywhere. And, and they're all just absolutely having a great time on the way back. That's what I'm picturing. Um, a big, big point for West, for West Brom. <laughs> it's potentially a turning point yeah. in their season as well now. You know, that's a big point for them. And getting a point, I think they got a point against City as well, didn't they? So, you know, they're, they're taking yeah. You yeah. Know, big points off, off of big teams away from home. So, you know, fair play to West the West Brom players belief. Yeah. Do you know what yeah, I mean? They've done, they've done yeah, that definitely. against a against a world class attack. And they'll believe that they could defend against anybody. And a lot of their, a lot of what they're going to be told to do every single game, no matter who's it against, yeah. is defend well. Defend yeah. well, take your chances when they come. If you don't take your chances when they come, we'll go home with a point. And that <laughs> that'll be the message. Literally. Um and yeah, but if yeah. they carry on like that, it'll keep them up, won't it? So this is why yeah, you know but- Big Sam it works so well because. Yeah. You know, if they were playing another side and they played that way, Conor Grant's going to score. You know, not every game you're going to come up against someone like Allison, who's arguably the best goalkeeper in the world. You, you know, yeah. he's going to get those chances and it potentially put them away and West Brom walk away with three points. It's just lucky for Liverpool that they have got someone as good as Allison in that goal to save them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Just to finish up, uh, Wolves Tottenham. We called this a draw, I think, boys. I think we I think called we it did a draw. As well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was. And it was a fairly dull affair as well. Um, probably didn't live up to. I mean, and Dombly scored in the first minute, kind of set a tone for the game. I was like, oh, <laughs> this might be, this might be a, this might be a tasty, a tasty wee game between Tottenham and Wolves then. And then it was just a case of like missed chances, snatched chances, um, yeah. putting the ball in the middle of the park and just leaving it. <laughs> because yeah. neither team, neither, yeah. neither team wanted the wanted the ball. They just both wanted to counter attack. They're both heavily counter attacking base side. Probably yeah. the, the two most counter attacking sides in the league. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, uh, it was it was it went as we probably uh, did uh, say it would go. I think Wolves could probably count themselves a little bit unlucky. To be honest, they seem to have more opportunities to to win that game than Spurs did. And there was an element of luck about Spurs' goal as well. Um, it's, it's essentially just a hit and hope in it from Ndombele. And, and uh, I think Patricio was incited and, and it goes in, essentially slap bang down the middle of the goal. Yeah. Um, if, if he sees that all the way, he's saving it. Yeah. Um, and Wolves are relying on the youngster, um, Fabio Silva up front. That's him, yeah. Um, and, and I don't think he's a finished article yet. Um, he's He's missing chances that he really should be putting away but I think that'll come he looks like he's got some good ability there um, but I think they'll they'll consider themselves unlucky not to have beaten Spurs yeah. Mourinho was furious wasn't he, he again um, you know he, he come out and, and pretty much slagged off the players by saying you know that, that wasn't our intention was to, to sit back and defend and and yeah they, they he was not a happy man and I, I was um, you know on listening to some radio this morning and there was a, a Tottenham fan calling for Mourinho to be sacked and I was I was sat listening to it and <laughs> I was like out. and but his reasoning was you know if he can't get the players to perform and it's like you know Tottenham are in a really good position this season the players have been performing yes the last couple of games they haven't been but you know it's the Christmas period these sorts of things happen and around this time of year and just because you don't get a result uh, you know you don't win every game doesn't mean you sack the manager I think it was it was it was crazy and and I was I was really confused by it because you know Mourinho's been so good for Tottenham this season and to to think about even mentioning the word sacking I yeah. think it's absolutely crazy. It's just that the you know, football fans have shot me. Knee jerk reaction, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Just have, yeah, there's definitely and, there's definitely a lot of uh, fickle fans in the Premier League. Isn't yeah, there? definitely. If you're not if you're not getting a result against Wolves, you know they're not a, they're not a bad side. It's not the end of the world, is it? I think every team has a, a blip in form. This potentially could just be Tottenham's blip. Yeah. Um, I think once Mourinho has shaped that squad a little bit more the way he wants it with the players in that he wants. You know, you're talking getting rid of the likes of Deli Ali, for example, and essentially like Aurier, and bringing in some some better players. Then I think I still think they are title contenders because when they're when they're playing, when they're you know when they're firing, Son and Kane are the best, potentially the best partnership in the league, yeah. um, and they will destroy teams on their day. So I think it's very very premature, isn't it, to be saying San Marino at this yeah. point? Yeah, <laughs> um, these fans. Have, he would have got off. If he would have got up and switched the TV off, like <laughs> in the, in the, um, Fuck in the documentary, off. yeah, <laughs> <Fuck> off. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, it's, I think the, the, the Premier League's full of fans. It's uh, they're just fans. They're not fans of the actual football club. They're just fans of winning. Yeah, um, it's like in Scotland. Like, yeah. I don't think there's a, a genuine Celtic or Rangers fan that exists. <laughs> they're just all fans of winning. Emma <laughs> <laughs> will be furious at you for saying that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> you dropped yourself right in it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Mate. You know why I said it. Quite. I just leaned into the microphone, said it quite quiet. You know. <laughs> I think cut that bit out, mate. <laughs> uh, no, that's obviously that's a harsh thing to say. And, you know, apologies to all the Celtic and Rangers fans that don't listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's going to do us for today. Um, thank you very much for joining us. We will be back with uh, the preview before the review of this match week again, just due to the, um, conge- the fixture congestion. And then we're not far off starting our transfer show in January, which should be really interesting to listen to as well. Uh, but thanks very much for Jake joining me. Thank you very much, and I'll see you soon. Thanks very much, Jed. Been a pleasure, lads. All right, thank you very much to you listeners. Uh, cheerio, bye. Podcast Network. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.